living faith as we look at Hebrews chapter 11 to encourage us, to challenge us, to not compromise. And that's the whole purpose of the whole book of Hebrews. Then it comes 11 and we have these living examples. Specifically, we're down to verse 35a. And women received their dead raised from, to life again. Faith to overcome is patient. That's what we want to look at this morning. Again, faith Faith is to treat the future as the present and the invisible as the seen. Faith to overcome is patient. Faith, that is to treat the future as the present and the invisible as seen. Overcome. Overcome is to win a conflict, to conquer the enemy. Faith to overcome is patient. To overcome presupposes that there's a conflict already taking place. As we look back at some of these previous verses, for instance, Joshua at Jericho, there was a conflict already taking place. We look at uh, David and Hezekiah. There's a conflict already taking place. We look at Daniel. There was a conflict already taking place. But faith to overcome is patient. We already looked at it as fearless. It is it is as hope. But faith to overcome is patient. The women received their dead, raised to life again. Patience. Or patient, uh, long-suffering, perseverance. Uh, perseverance, I mean endurance, uh, steadfastness. There are two specific words used for patience. We find them both in James chapter 5 as it talks of Job. Job was a man of patience, or you've heard of the patience of Job. But the two words simply mean this. One has to do with being patient with people, and the other has to do with being patient with problems, or to persevere through problems, to persevere through people. Job, for instance, persevered through his three friends who accused him. That was perseverance. He was patient even with them. He was patient with the trials that he, was, he had faced. Uh, he, had, he had lost it all, health, wealth, and prosperity. It was all gone. But yet he, he faced that all with patience. So faith to overcome is patient. So the question, as I was thinking through this, is this. And this maybe it could be worded a little bit differently, a little bit betterly, better, but how does faith to overcome become patient? As we look at when the women received their dead raised to life, how does that illustrate to us faith to overcome, or how does that become, that faith to overcome become patient? Now, there are three examples in Scripture of women who received their faith, received their dead back, raised back to life. One was the um, widow of Zarephath. Uh, she provided some food for, for Elijah to sustain him while he was in hiding or exile, and uh, her son died. Elijah raised her son back to life. There's the Shunammite woman. The Shunammite woman and her husband and provided a basically what's called a prophet's chamber for Elisha to stay at. Her son died. Elisha miraculously resurrected or brought him back to life. But the one I'm thinking of, the one I would like you to turn and look at, is found over there in John chapter 11, which of course is Lazarus being raised back to life again. I think that it is through looking at this example of Lazarus that we can learn and see at least what it is or how faith overcome can become patient itself. Verse 20 and 22 of uh, John chapter 11, I'm sorry. John chapter 11. Lazarus, of course, and Mary and Martha were very good friends of Jesus. It was at his, ho his house in Bethany where Jesus often stopped with his disciples. It was at his house after the resurrection of Lazarus that he, during the week of the Passover, the Passion Week, that he would go back and forth. Bethany was about two miles from Jerusalem. They were very good friends. Very good friends. 
So Lazarus, he got this report there in the uh, beginning of it, verse 1 of chapter 11. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, in whom you love is sick. Now when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is, is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea. So he heard he was sick, there was this very good friend, and so he says, let's wait two days. You'll be tested. If your faith to overcome is going to become patient, you can write it down. You are going to be tested. Because what happened? In that two days, what happened to Lazarus? He died. As you follow along and get down to verse 9, uh, the disciples said to him, Rabbi, verse 8, lately the Jews sought to stone you, are you going there again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These, these things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him. Well, basically the disciples answered, Well, if he's sleeping, what do you need to go wake him for? So Jesus gets real specific. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. I'm glad that you are not there, that you, so you may what? Believe. Seven times, uh, maybe even eight times in these 45 verses of John chapter 11, some form of the word believe is used. The emphasis on this chapter is faith. The point I'm trying to make here concerning Lazarus and Jesus' hesitation is that Lazarus is dead. And he said, I'm glad that you weren't there so you will believe. Because Jesus knows what he's going to do. They don't have a clue, at least at this point. Now, maybe your faith isn't going to be tested by death. Maybe it has been. Maybe you have a loved one. Someone has said one time, no parent should outlive their child. Maybe you've had to bury a child or a relative or a friend. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe what you may be facing may be financial setback or health issue. The, the terrible C word has come into your vocabulary and had a whole new meaning as you face cancer or you've been hospitalized. Friends have deserted you or accused you, misunderstood you as it was with Job. Listen, your faith is, listen, you can count on it. If you're going to, if you have faith to overcome, is going to become patient. You will be tested, and testing is a good thing. Okay, testing is a good thing. You know what? One of the things, the assurance of the fact that our faith is being tested, that we are one of His. We belong to Him. We are special. Your faith is going to be tested. You can you can write it down. You can count on it. It's through testing that a believer will develop the patience to tenaciously withstand the pressures of life. It is through testing that a believer will develop the patience to tenaciously withstand the pressures of life. I love that word tenacious. There's not enough words in Scrabble to be able to spell that word off, but that is a great word for Scrabble. Tenacious. 
Tenacious means there's a, you're being proactive. You're, you're, you're facing this readily. You're wanting to accomplish what needs to be done. You're realizing that my faith is being tested, and I'm going to persevere. I'm going to endure by the grace of God. And so they were concerned that Jesus would come. Their friend, his friend Lazarus, of course, was dying or dead. And he waited. Lazarus died. Job chapter 23. Of course, we already told you Job was tested. Chapter 23, verses 8 through 12. Now, verses 8 and 9, he had lost it all. Health, wealth, and prosperity. You know the health, wealth, and prosperity theology today? Job was an absolute failure, according to that theology. He lost it all. Verse 8 and 9, look. He says, I go forward, but he, speaking of God, is not there. And backward, I cannot find him, perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I can't see him. When he turns to the right hand, I can't behold him. Where is he? You may be to that point where your te- faith is being tested and said, God, where are you? I look behind me, you're not there. I look in front of me, you're not there. I look at my left, my right. I look up, I look down. I shall come forth as gold. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my, my, than my necessary food. He would lost all contact. He couldn't find God. But what did he say? He affirmed his faith in spite of his issues. Your faith will be tested. And Job passed the test. Now remember when he said this, he didn't know the outcome. You, you follow that? You see how important that is? We want to see what's going to happen. We want to know the outcome. And all God is saying is this, listen, you just need to trust me. I'm going to test your faith. And even though you can't see the, the uh, end from the beginning, as I trust you, just as I test you, just trust me, which brings us to the second thing. You must choose to trust. That was a choice on Job's part. Not only will your faith be tested, but you must choose to trust. Look at Mary or Martha as she comes here to see Jesus in verse 20. She hears that Jesus is coming. And she, she comes here to uh, see Jesus. In verse 30, or, uh, 20. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, watch this, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will do it. This was an expression, I believe, of her grief, but also of her faith and trust in God himself. She, she was willing to put herself, even though she knew her faith was being tested, she chose to trust in the Lord God. Martha expressed her absolute confidence. This word oida, which has to do with, with our translation of knowledge. 
This is a very important word. This is not experiential knowledge. This is a knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt knowledge that what I'm telling you is true. Martha expressed her absolute confidence, her oida in Christ to bring good from, the, from a heart-wrenching event, just like Job did. To be, bring good, she knew that it was so. Faith to overcome. In order for faith to overcome, for it to become patient, you will be tested. And like Job, you must, and Martha, or Martha here, you must choose, you must choose to trust. In Hebrews chapter uh, 13, and I think it's verse, I'm gonna, I think it's 5 or 8. It says, I am, the, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, where are you? What are you doing? You know what? You just need to trust me because I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I've not changed. You're faithfully tested. You must choose to trust. And lastly, you must be teachable. In John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, Martha is sitting there or has expressed herself, and Jesus said to her, your brother, in verse 23, your brother will rise again. Uh, Jesus, as he does in so many situations, approaches this as a teachable moment. All right, so Martha, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to teach you something. He says, you know what? Your brother will rise again. There's a couple of interesting things about this. Number one, that he's speaking to a woman, because that wasn't necessarily normal, although he spent a lot of time in his teaching that included both women and men. He's talking to her about what? Theology. Third thing is, she understands what he's talking about. She was on the same page. We who have been Christians for many years there's still things we, don't, we just don't get. Why? Because we didn't pay attention. And so he says to her, you know, your, brother's gonna, your brother will rise again. And Martha's, Martha responds, and she says, well, I, I, I affirm that. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus was talking about when? Now. Martha was talking about future. This is a very, you know, she was, this is a very common belief among Jewish people, particularly promoted by the Pharisees, that the resurrection, there was a resurrection coming. So they knew there was a resurrection coming. And she had, she had understood and got that teaching. She would got the message. But she was looking towards out to the future, not really realizing about the present. So Jesus says to her, in verse 25, I, I am the resurrection of life. There's seven I am statements in the book of John. This is the fifth one. Remember, whenever he said I am, he was, he was identifying himself as the I am that appeared to Moses. He was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is that I am. And this is one of the reasons, or one of the accusations that were brought against him. Well, you claim to be God. Yes, he did. I am. Specifically, in this passage, I am the resurrection and the life. He who... Again, here we go, believe. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. So Jesus explains, 
He brings, uh, he brings uh, the resurrection out of the shadows into the light. I am the resurrection of life. He brings it out of a book of teaching to put it in a person himself. I am the resurrection and the life. He brings it out of the future into the present, literally. Now, she didn't know this yet. She affirms, she says, or I, I believe it's more as a confession of faith. Yes, I believe. She affirms that to have spiritual life is eternal life. She affirms that Jesus is the Messiah. <clears throat> Does she yet understand the connection between the future resurrection and the present resurrection? I, I don't think so. But she's going to in a minute or in a few moments. Now go to verse 44. Uh, he got there. People were wailing and... and, and uh, Weeping, Mary meets him on the way. Uh, you know, if you were here, he would not have died. She, that's, again, an expression of her faith and trust. Uh, down in verse, um, you know what? I want to start in verse 41 because that's his prayer. It's interesting how his prayer goes. He says in verse 41, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up. By the way, there's no question he was dead if there's such a thing as being dead, dead, he was dead, dead. He'd been a dead at least four days by the time Jesus got, got there. He was dead. So they rolled a stone away from where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Again, there we have again, you may believe that they have sent me. I'm not, saying, I'm not praying because I need to, although it's a good example, again, of our need to pray. But he was praying so that the people would understand and hear him that he was relying upon God to raise Lazarus from the dead. That they would what? Believe. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, loose him. Let him go. Look at verse 45. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. I prayed that they may believe. And guess what happened? Many believed. Do you realize that Lazarus being raised from the dead was one of the accusations or one of the reasons that they wanted to kill Jesus? When they, in fact, their plan was to arrest and kill Jesus and kill Lazarus also because he was a less living testimony that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. Your faith will be tested. You must choose to trust. You must remain teachable. Martha was being taught by the living word. He was standing there speaking to her. Remember, the word was with God and the word was God. And verse 14 in John chapter 1, the word became flesh. This was the living word, Jesus. And the believer needs to be in the written word. What's the, what's the last time you memorized any scripture? Listen, when you start to memorize scripture, you're going to have to be in the word a lot. In the written word. They're teachable. To grow and mature in their walk of faith. In James chapter 4, or James chapter 1, verse 4. But let patience have its perfect work that you may perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
that perfect and complete like it has to do with maturity. Listen, are you, are you growing as a Christian? Are you closer in your walk with God today than you were yesterday, a week ago, a year ago? If you're not, then you're not being teachable. Because as our faith is tested, it produces patience, and as patience continues to, to mature and, and grow, we will, be, we will become more like Christ himself. Even in Job chapter 23, verse 12, he says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than necessary food. Listen, are you, I'm thinking about lunch. But are you and I hungry for the word? Does our, does our heart, does our mind groan because of the word, like our stomach makes noises because we're hungry? Job said, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than necessary food. And Job did not know the outcome. Martha was being taught by the living word. The believer needs to be in the written word to grow and mature in their walk of faith. Faith to overcome in order to become patient, will be tested. I don't know what test you're facing. It could be severe. It can maybe be even something that you've come with this morning that you don't even feel that you can share, but nothing less, you're being tested. Your faith will be tested. That's a good thing. But then you have responsibility. You must trust. And remain teachable. These are the things that we must do. The word's there for us. Are you longing for it? Let's pray. Father, we do thank you, God, that we can come to you. We thank you that you have given us your written word so we can learn more about the living word. Indeed, Lord, I pray that we will be teachable, moldable, that we will see your times of testing, but that will not affect our trust, but rather increase our trust and our confidence in you. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor Ken, just pray for me. I, I'm facing some tests. I know my test, my faith is being tested. Is there anyone like that? Any others? Father, we pray now for those they realize their faith is under attack. It may be a spiritual attack. It may be a physical attack. It may be a personal attack. There is a conflict going on. It may be that we can see, and, may not, and it may be that which we cannot see. Father, I pray that you will help us to choose to trust and remain teachable, seeing what we can learn from this and how we need to grow from this and how we become more and more like Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.